sorry. All right. We'll get started with this lesson. Um, so we've been going through the book of Jeremiah. Jason's been leading us week after week. Uh, they are camping this weekend, and I'm sure on a much-needed break doing that. And, um, and I just always have enjoyed, when I study the Bible, uh, taking a, a big look at a whole book, like an overview, a summary, something like that. And so as I was thinking about what to do this morning, um, I just thought I would go back and just kind of give us a summary of the book of Jeremiah. Um, week by week, we're kind of diving into the chapters, the verses, but this will be just a look at it and maybe just to give us um, a little, hopefully a little more clear understanding of where that book's going and what it's talking about. And Because to me, I don't know if you're this way, but to me, some of these long Old Testament books can be intimidating. Like, what, what's it about? What's the purpose? What's the point? And so that's my goal this morning with this here in, in Jeremiah. So now the first thing you see there on your notes, uh, what is it? Well, it's one of the prophetic books of the Old Testament. It's one of the prophetic books of the Old Testament. And the author, of course, uh, is the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, of course, like a lot of books in the Bible, there are disputes over who is the author, but um, we... We trust chapter 1, verse 1, where it says the words of Jeremiah, uh, that he is the, the author of it. The setting of it, the setting is that Jeremiah lived in a very hectic, hectic period in ancient Israel's history. Blair, did you get a sheet? You want a sheet? You got, okay, make sure. Um, it was a very tumultuous time in Israel, as, as Jason has already mentioned to us, um, and so Jeremiah witnesses the fall of the southern kingdom, which is Judah. Jeremiah is there when they're the destruction of, the, of Jerusalem and the temple. And so if you can just imagine this man of God, he lives in a time where things are, um, again, hectic, tumultuous. I was thinking it's kind of like some of us who can say we lived through um, 9-11, right? A very crazy time where we lived through COVID. Um, I remember talking to my papa about, um, when he was alive during Pearl Harbor, you know, just the big, big events that people have lived through. Well, Jeremiah lived in some of the biggest, most devastating events in Israel's history. The time frame, he prophesied during the late 7th and early 6th centuries, and his prophesying spanned a time of over 40 years. Over 40 years, Jeremiah did his ministering. And if you remember... Um, how successful was his ministry, uh, in, in the eyes of the world anyway? It was not an easy ministry. It was a tough 40 years of ministry. And um, again, we'll see that as we go through the book. Uh, he began it around 627 B.C. during the reign of King Josiah. So 627 B.C. during the reign of King Josiah. And he continued his reign until after the Babylonian exile. As we have already seen in chapter 1, he was called to be a prophet um, as very young, you know, called from the womb, called as a, as a young, and his mission was to live, deliver God's messages to the people of Judah and the surrounding nations. So the context, again, is that Israel, the northern kingdom, had been conquered, leaving only the southern kingdom of Judah. And so it's the southern kingdom, the people of Judah, 
and the surrounding nations who Jeremiah uh, prophesies to. So the overview, um, the book of Jeremiah covers a period of very significant political, social, and religious life and upheaval. The people of Judah had turned away from God. They had committed idolatry and injustice. And so Jeremiah warns them of the consequences of their disobedience, and he calls them, as prophets do, to repentance. So let me give you four key themes. Did I go too fast right there? He calls them to repentance. The consequences of their obedience, their disobedience, and to repentance. Did I miss a blank? All right. Four key themes, and I really think as we study through this book, these are the four things we should be thinking about every week, basically, at least one of these. The first one is judgment and exile. So what Jeremiah is saying to the people is, hey, your disobedience to God is leading God to punish you and bring about devastation and destruction to Jerusalem, and you're going to be taken away, taken captive to Babylon. Uh, so they have broken God's covenant, and they've rebelled. And so, again, this book is much about judgment and exile, judgment and exile. The second key theme is that covenant relationship with God. And so Jeremiah emphasizes the importance of God's people having this relationship, this covenant relationship which God started with them. And, and this is not just Jeremiah, is it? This is the Old Testament itself. A lot of it is God makes a covenant with his people, and very shortly after, his people break it, right? It's this cycle. They reject God. He, he disciplines them, they repent, he restores them. And not long after that, they reject him again. And it's just a cycle of the Old Testament. And we see that in Jeremiah as well. And, but it's important to see this covenant relationship because those whom God loves, those whom God has chosen, those who he calls, though he might discipline them for a time, right, they're ultimately still his. He does not cast them out. He does not lose them. He restores them. And so a good reminder for us, right? God might put us through some discipline, might put us through some stuff, or allow some stuff in our lives, but um, nothing can ever separate us from his love, right, from him, ultimately. And so we go, when we go through things, we know he has a greater good in mind, right? And so we understand that covenant relationship with, with him. The third key theme is false prophets and idolatry. So, again, I'm not going to turn to specific passages, but we'll see in this book that Jeremiah confronts false prophets. He calls them out. Uh, these are people who deceive God's people with assurances of peace, with false assurances of peace. This would be like a preacher standing up every week and never preaching on sin, never preaching on hell, never telling people to turn to Jesus, all right? This would be like somebody saying, everything's fine when actually everything's not fine, right? And we as believers, we want the word preached. We want all of it. Sometimes that might be comforting. Sometimes that might be convicting, right? But we desire to hear all of it. And so Jeremiah calls out these false prophets, denounces them, and again urges the people to reject their teachings. The fourth key theme is restoration and hope. And so, of course, he's a prophet. And like these, all these prophets... There are messages of judgment, messages of God's impending destruction or judgment on the people. But at the same time, there's also a message of hope. And we see that throughout Jeremiah's writing. 
because he prophesies of a new covenant and of a future restoration. I'm going to show you that here in just, in just a minute, in just a couple of verses. So, the next thing there, after those four key themes, is just the significant reasons this book is significant. I have a few of them for you. The first one is it provides insights, bless you, it provides insights into the final years of the southern kingdom of Judah. So we have insights about the final years of Judah. We have insights into um, the fall of Jerusalem and the Babylonian exile. And so again, we're looking at this from a, a big perspective, a, a, a full picture of it. It's about, bless you, the southern kingdom's final years and the fall of Jerusalem. The second thing it's about there is it offers a pretty clear picture, a vivid portrayal of Jeremiah's personal struggles, including the fact that he was opposed, he was rejected, and he was persecuted. So including opposition, rejection, and persecution. And so again, when I read the book of Jeremiah, I'm thinking first, I'm thinking about the people, God's people, and what God's doing with them. But also when I read it, I'm thinking about what Jeremiah must be going through in his life as well. And the ups and downs, and a lot of downs it appears to be in, in this book. Another thing here is we learn valuable lessons about being faithful to God, His covenant, the consequences of disobedience, and the hope of future restoration. And so there are certainly, as every book of the Bible, there are lessons for us to take. I'll give you those again. Faithfulness to God's covenant, consequences of disobedience, and the hope of future restoration. Finally there, we also see this book contains messianic, pro messianic prophecies that of course point forward to the coming of Christ. And we've said it time and time again, but the Old Testament, right, is pointing to this future Messiah. They're making sacrifices, right, in the Old Testament. They're slaying these animals, they're shedding the blood of these animals, and that's a picture, right, of a coming lamb whose blood will be shed for sin. And so make sure every time you read the Old Testament, you're thinking forward as well. You know, what's, what's this pointing to? And most often it's pointing to Christ. I, I'm giving us six key verses here. Um, I did put those in those notes, right? Six key verses. And I don't know, you might, you might think there are other, some other key verses, and, and that's awesome, but these are just six that I chose here, just looking around at some different verses in here. And so I want to quickly go through these. Jeremiah 1.5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So this verse, of course, we've already been over this verse, and, and, and you've heard it many times probably, but it highlights God's sovereignty and his sovereign calling and his divine appointment of Jeremiah to be the prophet. Um, this is related to Psalm 139. It's related to our sermon today when David says, you know, Lord, you formed me in my mother's womb. You knit me together. You put me together. It's this idea of God's intimate knowing and designing and creating, bless you, of, of people. So Jeremiah 1.5, a great verse. The second one is Jeremiah 17.9. I like to use this verse when people say things like, well, he's basically a good person or she's basically a, 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 good, a good, good girl. Well, Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. 
The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can know it? Who can understand it? And Jeremiah 17, 9 is a key verse that illustrates or tells us the human condition is depraved and fallen. And we might say so-and-so has a good heart, but we know, apart from Christ, there is no good heart, right? He takes out the heart of stone, puts in the, the good heart. Number three, the third key verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I would say this verse is the most used verse from Jeremiah, um, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And people use this maybe in a lot of different contexts in the world today, but of course, in the immediate context, it's God's promise to his people, right? That though you're suffering, though you will suffer, um, you, will, you will ultimately be restored, that God does have good plans for the future of his people. And I do think that applies to us as well, right? We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen in our lives. But we do know and trust that ultimately, whether it's in this life or the one to come in heaven, God has good intentions and good plans for us um, in the future. The fourth one, Jeremiah 31, 33, says, This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So again, this is over in Jeremiah 31. This speaks to this new covenant, God's promise to restore the people, and not only to restore them, but if you look at that verse again, it speaks of this transformation. I'm going to put, he says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I love that verse. It's, it's God saying, I'm not just going to restore my people, I'm not just going to know my people, but I'm going to put it in their hearts. And, and again, it's a, it's a great picture of that covenant restoration. Number five, this is a verse, actually one of the first verses I ever memorized was Jeremiah 33.3. It's a good verse on prayer um, and seeking after God. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. A great reminder to, to pray, a great reminder to seek God's wisdom. And for me, that verse always, as I used to quote it and, and memorize it, um, it reminded me that God's ready to hear me because he says, call to me and I'll answer you. And so we don't have to be like, hey, wake up, God, come, come listen to me. You know, he's always ready, right? The final one, and I was going to do, do five verses, but I, I want to put this one in here as well. Jeremiah 36, 2 says, Take a scroll and write on it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. And the reason I like this verse is because it, he says to Jeremiah, Take it and write these things down. And I like the idea that it shows us the importance of Scripture, that God inspired these people like Jeremiah to not only speak these messages, but to write these things down that they might last, right, that we would have these as well. And again, just the idea that Scripture has been preserved and transmitted through many, many people over the centuries 
and God has preserved it that we might have all we need in his word. So that's my six key verses from the book of Jeremiah. And a final word before we, we close it this morning. Um, I know that, I know that, again, I said it earlier, it can be intimidating to study a big book of the Bible. It can be, um, and especially how we're covering it, we're going a couple of chapters at a time maybe, or a big section at a time. But don't ever lose sight of the main point, or the main themes of the book. And that is that God has a people, his people has rejected him, he must, because he's a holy God, he must discipline them, but as they repent, God always restores them. And as I see that, I think about the gospel, I think about my own life, knowing God loves us, knowing God has saved us, and yet we still fall short, we still mess up, and that's why we regularly need to hear the word that we might repent, that we might turn back to him and be restored in that walk, right? Because I know in this room, we all want to walk closely with God and walk in the way he would have us to go. And that can't happen if we're out there living in idolatry, right? Or if we're out there rejecting him, we must turn to him and walk with him. Let's pray.